This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, it's Stephen here once again on Double Tap, a brand new week. It's the 2nd of May 2023. Coming up today, we're going to revisit the Hable 1 and Sean and I get ready for Sight Village. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Oh, hello, Sean Priest. How are you? Oh, hello. I'm very well, thank you. Sorry, you I was trying a bit of native tongue there. Oof. Oof. Right, well, let's <laughs> never discuss that ever again. Uh, Great right. in a sandwich, uh, yes. Oh, did you ever have tongue in a sandwich? Ugh. Oh, no, that tongue. sounds gross. Oh, oh. Where do you Black pudding? No, Black nothing pudding. Like that. Do you know what that is? Yes, of course, that's why I've never tried it and don't want to. Dried pig's blood? Yeah. I think that's uh-huh. right. Gross. <laughs> oh, apparently it's very nice, though. The dog likes it. Absolutely. <laughs> Dogs will eat anything. And in fairness, <laughs> so will I. Um, yeah, I have to say that's a very Scottish meal, you know. Give me some blood over here. Well, and not we all only some what... blood. It's not like you know. It's not like Twilight. You know, or, or you know, one of those kind of vampire shows. It's like no, I I don't want to eat it like that. I'd rather wait till it was dried up oh, and turned please. into a mush, okay. and then I'll eat it. Mm-hmm. Well, we all know what haggis mm-hmm. is, right? Let's let's just leave it there and move on. Do you know what me and my good lady um, girl partner? She's not my wife. Partner was talking about last night. You're an Steve absolute disgrace. No, well. Hey, I you know if you're gonna be with someone, you got to be sure. And after thirty years, she's <laughs> not, to, sure. You, <laughs> <laughs> she's not sure. We started talking last night about Double Tap Island. D- Double Tap Island. <laughs> no, are you saying Island talk- or Ireland? I don't know. Island. We got based in Ireland, though, right? Okay. On air, we were talking about houses, which led to the prices of houses, which yes. led to Scotland, which led to the island with was it three or four houses upon it and a nice little bridge over to it, which led to the double tap island idea, which led to me and you selling our houses and buying it. And by the end of this conversation, we were going well. Actually, if we sold our house, and then Stevens, <laughs> and then then it led on to, well, who would live in the big house in the main house? Well, you well, and me, Mrs. Obviously. Scott could live in the big house, and then me and Stephen could have you know like our own sheds out the back. Uh, we could make this work, and it almost like we were planning it out. And now I want it to happen. Double Tap Island. So this started because. Um... You know, so you have these real estate websites, right? And we have one here called Right Move, which I just spend way too much time on. I don't want I to move house. I, I love my house, but it's nice to browse. And my neighbor's the same. My neighbor across the way, he is exactly the same. And we'll both be out in the street, and he'll be like, hey, "Have you seen this one?" And it's it's like you know, you're comparing dodgy pictures. You're like, "Have you seen this? Check this. Check this out. It's got four bedrooms." And you know, and you get so excited. It's like, "Whoa! It's got a double garage! Wow!" Uh, and you know, all this excitement and um this particular house that you're talking about it came up because it's not that far from me i live fairly rural but this one's even more into the into the wilds of nowhere and um it is literally an island of its own i mean it's not quite an island but it's not dissimilar to it uh it does have little bridges around it quaint little bridges i might add oh little ones like uh, i feel like i'm inside little house on the prairie although it'd be more like little mansion and island on the prairie yes um but yeah it's, it's a huge massive big house beautiful big house and then it has all these outbuildings which are obviously meant for livestock we would take the place of livestock in that of course moment. yes and uh, our wives would enjoy the homes uh, well, the home in the beautiful home. Maybe they live in the house and we all just live in the sheds. I'd yeah, be okay with that. That was what she came up with. That was the oh, solution. Right. Because it also meant that they could get more dogs, you see, which yes. was very important, apparently. But what it came down to, what the, the crunch was, was, well, can we get Amazon deliveries there? Well, that and also what's the internet like? Because these uh, are the exactly. two questions. I have yeah. to say that. There's three things I check for now. One is internet, OVS. I mean, it has to be high-speed, gigabit, best oh, internet oh, ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Amazon delivery, next day, ideally, or same day, even better. Yes. Uh, and food deliveries, what's available. And yeah. if you get those three, you've kind of nailed it. <laughs> Can you double-check on that? Because uh, now we're interested. 
We can make it a little retreat. Do you want me to, go up, there? You want me to go up and come over? Sit outside the house with my phone and see what's available. Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, okay, fine. Double Tap Island is coming. That would be so cool. We could have events. Oh, we could have parties. Yes. Do you remember there was a, there wasn't there a tech show years ago? Maybe it still is. Uh, that used to do a cruise. Do you remember that? There was a tech show and a, a podcast that yeah, I used it? to listen to ages ago. And they used Wasn't to go on a us? cruise. Didn't we say we were going to do the double tap cruise? We did want to do the double tap cruise, but I think, you know, mm. a lot of blind people, cruise ship. I would fall um, off the side. I'd be I would worried, definitely yeah. be missing. Yes. I think the insurance would be uh, through the roof on that one. It's <laughs> tempting as it may well be. I mean, I still, I'm still loving the idea of blind people in space, but I don't think NASA are too keen. Oh, no, no they, they are. They are. They are already. No, shh. Don't, oh, I see. You, right, you'll okay. get emails. Stop right. it. Yes, of course they are. Yeah, they've been there forever. We just didn't know. Very quiet. Great work ethic, the blind. Um, so what, what are we talking about? <laughs> so, so, let's move on from Double Tap Island. Uh, you uh, brought it up. You're you're in love with Double Tap Island. I, I so am. I just need the money. Let's start a GoFundMe for Double well, Tap Island. Of course, it's in Scotland. All you need is two Scotch pies uh, and a goat, <laughs> and I believe you can buy it. I think two goats will seal the deal. Well, in many ways, from Double Tap Island to Site Village. How, how cool does would it be, though, to have... Would, no, but hang on. Wouldn't it be so cool oh, if Rob sorry, started off the show? From Double Tap Island. Oh, man. <laughs> it would be amazing. One of those little farm house buildings could be our studio. Imagine it, Steve. I'm going to make this happen. Well, you are. I, I, am, I am emotive at the thought. Is that a word? Depends what the emoji is. I don't know. <laughs> Not emoji. I'm emotive. Smiling by the poo. I'm emotioning. I'm emotioning. At the uh, you're all up in your feels. I am. I'm feeling say. my emotions. Oh, yeah, good. It's going to happen. Look out for it. Coming soon. Double Tap Island. But before that, <laughs> yes, <laughs> probably more likely is that we'll be turning up to Site Village in July. So July seventeenth, eighteenth, we will be in Birmingham in England, not Alabama. If you're in Birmingham, Alabama, listening to us. Don't go to your local uh, train station. Yeah, because we well, won't I mean, you be can, there. But we won't be there. Yeah. Just what, to... Like they'd be coming to see us. Yeah. Okay. No, because they might think, oh, he said Birmingham. Yeah. And I'm in Birmingham, Alabama, and that's yeah. where they're going to be. Oh, well, yeah, but you did add in, in England. Exactly. Right? In I was clarifying. UK. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's good. Just trying to make sure people were aware. No, no lawyers for... are nodding. They're happy with that. Excellent. We're good. Okay, good. Got the, got the thumbs up on that one. Uh, but yeah, this is happening. And actually, the, the Site Village events happen, I'd say, all around the UK, but none in Scotland. Just say. <gasps> really? I think I think Double Tap Island would have a, a initial uh, venue. Yep. There's the venue, venue right there. Yes. Oh, see, we're already making money from it. Exactly. <laughs> Sell your house, Stephen. Sell I love your house. it. I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is good because in, and for people who are coming, one of the benefits of this particular year going to Site Village is they've made it much easier to get to because the uh, the actual place itself uh, that you're going to is just like two minute walk away from the train station in Birmingham, which is right in the centre of town. And I believe, although don't quote me on this, but I believe that there's obviously help. There's usually help around if people are, you know, struggling to find their way. Um, but yeah, the good news is it all happens on the 17th of July and the 18th of July. We will be there both days. We'll be recording and we'll be talking to people. And now, interestingly, this has got onto the socials and people are, are getting excited about this. People are actually saying things like, I want to go and visit these people. Now, I don't know. I don't know what that means. Uh-oh. I don't know if that's to challenge me on my Android views <laughs> or what, but yeah, people are people are getting excited about it. And and someone has suggested that we have a VIP area, which I think is a great idea. Roped off with a bouncer and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, Obviously no, accessible rope. Yes. Um, <laughs> is rope accessible? This rope is accessible. It's luminous yellow rope. <laughs> And when you go near it, it says, Kelly! Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you've got, the, you've got that. And, and I was suggesting, uh, because we were discussing, you know, what kind of entry fee there should be. And oh. we've discussed the universal currency, which I think this is the, this is the way forward for Double uh-huh. Tap. I think this uh-huh. is it. I think that uh, certain chicken is the universal currency. I knew you were going to say that. I was going to say, is it fried chicken based? And yes. of course it is. I will go with that. Yeah, that sounds great to me. So basically, if you follow the smell of dirty chicken. Or just um, the smell. You'll find us. Or just the smell. 
you can find us. We won't be roped off. I mean, some people might wish that, but we will not be roped off. We will be roaming the uh, aisles of Site Village, so we're looking forward to that. Yes, we would love to meet anyone who's there, so just come up and say hello. That's the Um, first time we'll have seen each other this year. Oh, no, isn't that sad? Yeah, but no, that wouldn't be the case on Double Tap Island. No, it wouldn't. See each other every day. Wake up and wave at each other. Not that any of us could see each other doing that. Have to call you first to say I'm waving at you. Yeah, (laughs) just send me a WhatsApp (laughs) message. (laughs) Wave back. Okay. So here's the question: What are you looking forward to? Have you been thinking about what you might be? Because I mean, normally we go to these things, and you say, "I'm not going to buy anything because I don't don't like buying things, and I don't like spending spending money." money. No, I never right. have any money, so I don't spend any So all this nonsense. But this time round, I, I'm getting the feeling you're a bit more flush with cash. You know, you're thinking about selling your house, you've got, you know, money to burn. So, you know. <laughs> it's in the uh, DTI fund. I, I can't spend that. I'm not squandering it. Tap Island fund. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, well, there's some, as we've been talking about over the previous weeks, right? There's some interesting stuff happening in specialist tech. So I'm... I'm really interested to see if the Optima is going to be there, if I can push you out of the way and have a look <laughs> at that. So, um, yeah, that's going to be cool. I'm really interested as well, and to be fair, I said this last year, I'm really interested in if there's any competition in the wearables, in the smart glasses. You know, mm. we have the Envision, of course, but is there anything else out there? Is there anything else coming up? Because... The Google Glass Enterprise Edition has been discontinued, hasn't it? Yes. Now, yes. it's interesting you bring that up because... I know. I, I was That's on, why I do it. Thank you. That's um, why I'm here. It was... Actually, I, I, I was on one of the calls with Envision just last week, I think it was, maybe a week before, and they were talking about some new updates and one of the big updates being Ask Envision, where you can wear the glasses. And I've been playing around with that a little bit. I'm still getting used to it. I, I find the scanning of the document really difficult, but... I've been promised, and actually it's my own fault on this one, but I have been promised a demo, a proper demo of how to use this from one of the staff. It's an induction that everybody gets when you buy the Envision glasses. I have just never booked mine in, so I need to actually get around to doing that. And that's why I haven't talked about it, because I don't want to be unfair to the product. There's probably things I'm just doing wrong. So once Mm. I get that, then we can do a proper demo and talk about it. You know, from a from a from a knowledgeable point of view, as opposed to just my usual, mm, it doesn't work. So, um, yeah, I mean, well, it's- I, okay, well, we'll see. I mean, shouldn't it be out of the box? I mean, straightforward enough. Do you really need a you think tutorial? So. I mean, isn't ease of use the whole point of the wearables that so you don't have to worry so much about framing? Well, the, it's interesting because I wonder if part of the problem, and I, I do think this is the case with Envision is they're kind of limited a little bit by the, the technology itself. Like, if they had created the glass and they had built the glasses to suit, then, yes, you could probably build a product that was much more... Like, I think about OrCam, for example. That's quite a different product. It's pretty much out of the box, ready to go. And it kind of makes sense when you when you get there from day one because you're not using some kind of overlaid operating system or using someone else's operating system with an app you've developed on top. So things are under glasses, like even just turning them on and off that can be a bit confusing because it obviously hasn't got the built-in capability to give you the beeps and the haptics that you might want. It's obviously assumed that you would see the little screen that apparently is in there somewhere. I don't know what the screen is. I mean, it's, I know it's there. I can feel yeah. it. But I don't. There's nothing to me that comes up on it. But mm-hmm. I, I think things should, but I, I can't see them. But it, like I say, you know, I think the biggest issue here is, like you say, that the actual project itself, the Google Glass uh, what they call Enterprise Edition project, that has been put to bed. So there's no more uh, new products coming from them at the moment. However, what has been said by Envision is that repairs will still be honoured, I think up to two years since purchase. And on top of that, they do already have a large amount of stock of those glasses anyway. So, you know, there's, there's no end in sight yet for the requirement to, you know, find something else. However, really? in saying okay. that, they are looking at other options because obviously there's a limited amount of, of glass left. Yes. By, you know, held by Envision. So at some point, someone's going to call up and ask for it and they're going to have none left. So they're looking at other options, other alternative options that they hope will be cheaper. I have some thoughts on this. Oh. Um, I, Would I've, you like to share those thoughts right now, Stephen Scott? I, I fear a little bit for Envision, that they're going to end up with a product that is possibly cheaper, uh, which may well be just as good, 
And there'll be a lot of people who are going to be like, hang on, I've spent all this money on these glasses <laughs> and you've just brought out a version that's considerably cheaper and more up-to-date and more upgradable long-term. So, yeah. I, I, Welcome I, to technology. You, that's how it always works. Can you blame for that? I mean, this is no. the problem. I guess that the problem lies in the fact they just don't make the product. If they made the product and had the control over it, like Orcam, right? They're, they're building the product. I mean, I know they're buying in parts. I get all that. They're not building physically a product. They're, they're sending out to get it built. But they're in control of that. Whereas Envision are not in control of that. So they've kind of lost control of the whole Google Glass thing because that project is now dead and buried. That's it. So they Thanks, now have Google. to go and find another product to put Envision onto, which, by the way, is something they said on this show months ago. They said that that is something they're always actively doing anyway. They've not built Envision to just live on Google Glass. And I think that's an important point. Yeah, but that's that's what I'm talking about there, is what are the alternatives to Google Glass smart glasses? There's lots of talk about products, but I've never exactly. actually seen we any of them. We keep hearing about this company and that company, and you know they're working live on stream. things. Did you hear about live stream, which is a kind of similar idea? No. Um, but it's apparently much cheaper as well. But again, it's not a product I've heard of. I don't think it's in the mainstream yet. I mean, you go to CES, you'll see a thousand examples of it, but none of them are actually coming to any fruition yet. At least not, that, you know, not in the mainstream, certainly not out to buy for everyone else. And I, I, don't, know, I don't know if that's because they're just not ready for prime time or the costs are so high, the companies are thinking, well, no one's going to buy this at this price. It's so funny, right? In the mainstream world, you would say no one's going to spend two and a half grand on a pair of glasses. Blind world, that's the price. Yeah. It's funny well, that, isn't it? It's just funny how you, you just in one market, which is the mainstream market, you wouldn't even think about it. We, 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 we learned about an iPhone getting up to $1,000 in price. Yes. And we're, in, and we're going, yeah, well, you know, a real display costs five. And everyone else is going, hang on, what? <laughs> I'm not only paying $1,000 for a phone and you're paying five for a keyboard. <laughs> so, you know, this is where the price comes in. I suppose in some ways it's, it's, it's bad, but it's also um, kind of, you know, par for the course. We've just become desensitized well, to it. We go back to the, you know, economy of scale when it comes to yes, assistive right. tech. So it is what it is. We're, we're used to it now. But you're talking about... Um, Wearables. There is one wearable which is going to be there. I am quite keen to try. It's called Biped. We talked about it uh, on the show a while back. We had uh, one of the, the guys on from Biped talking about it. Um, this is the one that you wear around your neck. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. that could be quite interesting. Looking forward to trying that out. Um, there's lots, I mean, and that's the thing about this. There's lots of companies that, and there's lots of companies that turn up at Site Village that sell lots of different products and will also be providers of products that you know you may get directly from a company in say America or Canada, but here it might be through a third party. Like for example, all the Vespero products come through Sight and Sound Technology in the UK. So you go to the Sight and Sound Technology stand, you're going to see lots of different products from Vespero, um, from Optilec potentially. Uh, you'll see a whole wide range of magnifiers. Hey, you can even buy from other brands like Humanware in there as well. Um, but they will also be there. Humanware are there. Uh, and lots and lots and lots of other companies. So, and of course, uh, you mentioned the Optima. Yes. That is going to be uh, there. I don't know who is going to be there, if it's going to be Orbit themselves. I can hope it is. Um, yep. I don't see their name on the list. So, hmm. Well, Addy from Access Mind said that they were going or going to try. I think try he's going on his own, isn't he? He's, he's yes. not going as part of a company. Oh, I see. So, He'll have one in his suitcase. He'll be fine. I hope he does, but he's going to be swamped. By yes, people want course. to know. And of course, the other thing to remember about Site Village, and it's something we don't cover too much from our point of view, but something else to be aware of is that it's not just a, pro, a, a company or a, an event, I should say, all about technology. There are services, uh, low vision services, guide dogs are there, you know, so there's lots of different services around that you can go and find out about. So, really, I mean, we found out about that in New College Worcester, remember? I was just going to mention that. Yeah, yeah. And I was so impressed. That it's, was, it's so a it's... college in England. Yeah, and it's for blind kids, but it's it's for blind as up to eighteen. Is that right? 18 yeah, because the, the yeah the age range was quite spread, wasn't it? Yeah, we wanted to go. But they told <laughs> us we're too old. It doesn't surprise yeah. me at all. It's I'm too old for spread. most things. I'm too old for life at the moment. Uh, but no, it sounds it's, it's a really interesting time. So I'm, we're looking forward to it. Site Village is happening, as I say, 17th, 18th. We will be there and we'll be here on Double Tap every day with content as well. So you can look forward to hearing our exploits. And if you are going to be there, come along and say hello. We will have to find some way of alerting people to our existence. I think our voices alone will be enough. Well, yours definitely. I mean, it bellows, doesn't it? I will be booming from La 
Last village. time our, our, our um, booth, if you will, was next to the toilets. So um, you yeah. called that a booth? I would I would call that a table and two chairs. That was what we had. Shh, I'm trying to sound glamorous. And a piece of paper that I think I stuck on the wall with my, with this. I just went uh, at the back of the paper and stuck it to the wall and it's and I wrote double tap on it. I think that was it. I think that was our sign. Spelt wrong. That is the, backward words. That's the budget here at Double Tap. <laughs> Come and say hello. We really love to meet you. All. So yeah, be great. Uh, listen, stick around because we are going to be revisiting our conversation with uh, Freak Van Velsen from the company Hable One. Uh, well, actually, the company's called Hable. The product is called Hable One. It is the Braille keyboard, which a lot of people will be also demoing, I guess, uh, through um, partnerships at Site Village. It's something we'll be talking a lot about. And it's a really cool, affordable little Braille input keyboard for your smartphone. Some really interesting stats and facts coming out about all that. We'll get to that next. And we'll also get a demonstration from one of our listeners, John Carpenter, who got in touch to demo the Hable One for us. That coming up next on Double Tap. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. And today on the show, we're revisiting a conversation uh, around the Hable One, because a lot of people might be going to various events this year, be it in America or Canada or the UK, or indeed in Germany, where Site City happens. And of course, there are other events around the world as well. And if you're in a country where there's a sites-led technology event then do let us know. We'd love to hear about it. Uh, but uh, Hable One is going to be one of those products I think a lot of people are going to be interested in because it's such a cool little device. It's on the lower end of the cost spectrum as well, which is cool. And I had a chance a while back to talk to the founder of the Hable One, the creator of it as well. And we're going to hear from him in just a second. But we're also going to be hearing from uh, John Carpenter, who bought one and sent us in a review. So that coming up shortly. But first, let's remind ourselves of what the Hable One is all about with its creators. So, hi everyone. My name is uh, Freek. I'm one of the co-founders of Hable. We are a Dutch-based company and we developed the Hable One, which is a kind of controller with which you can control your smartphone in a much easier way by using physical buttons. Uh, and that's what we do. Well, first off, it is absolutely brilliant to have you here. Uh, thank you so much for giving me your time today. Because, look, you know, it's interesting. This is such a, an interesting and new space uh, when it comes to this kind of technology. Um, how did the idea come about? Where did you get the idea to create a, a Braille input keyboard? This is a company with two co-founders, so two people that found the company. Uh, it's me and my co-founder, Ayushman. And Ayushman comes from India, and from a very young age, he lived together with his grandfather. Uh, and at a later stage in his life, his grandfather lost his vision. So really, from a personal experience, with working with his grandfather, reading the newspaper, um, doing day-to-day jobs, he really found out that all the struggles that also came with this. Uh, and one of the big things was using his phone. So really, from that point of view, Ayushman decided, hey, maybe there's something I can do about this, or maybe it's something I can develop. And he came up with some uh, with some ideas uh, that were like, by now we call them really uh, shitty prototypes, is what we like to call them. Uh, and that kind of developed over time. So uh, from that first initial idea, it developed with 50, 100 prototypes. So we started testing with multiple users. And, and that now came to this final product of, uh, of the Hable One. So, wow, right. So it took a bit of time to get to this stage, but then you would expect that, right? Because, you know, when you come up with an idea, it's going to take some time to get yeah, it right. For sure. And it was really important because when you, when you start off, you only have really one opinion of, of yourself and maybe the few people you tested with, but the product only really becomes great when you can work with more people and we have more inputs. So it's really important that it takes a while to, to develop something like this. It's interesting that you picked on on Braille to do this with, because of course you know you could have created uh, an equivalent QWERTY keyboard, for example, that could do something like what the Hable One does. But you, it seems like you were going for simplicity, and you were really quite keen to focus in on blind people who use Braille. Why was that? Yeah, so Braille, of course, is something that's being used less and less nowadays. Um, but on the other end, Braille is also something that really brings a lot to people. So we've we done our research and we, we found out that Braille is really, if you look at uh, people with blindness that are familiar with Braille or that use Braille, the, the employment rate is much higher. Often other uh, statistics really say that Braille brings a lot of great things. But the problem is that Braille is a bit old and, and boring. So 
we thought, okay, let's see why Brill is, Brill is so good for people, but why not a lot of people tend to use it? And we tried to make Brill a bit more new. So we kind of put it in a new coat, uh, as we like to say. And we really focus on the, on the good parts of Brill and want to bring it to a wider audience. So yeah, it is a Brill keyboard, but actually right now in the Netherlands, almost half of our users don't actually know Brill. So they got the Hey One really as an easy and simple way to navigate over the phone. And in the meantime, some of them decided to learn Brill and others even just stay, uh, sticked with the uh, navigation part. But it's really a new way of looking at Brill. That was the, the concept behind it. So you're aiming this at people who aren't just into Braille and have been into Braille their whole lives, but people who are new to Braille today. Yes, yes. So it's really actually uh, people who are, if you're familiar with Braille, of course it's a great device because it's really something that's just handy and on the road you can use it a lot. But when you're not familiar with Braille, there's a lot of things that are actually super useful. Just making that navigation over your phone a little simpler instead of using that, that flat screen interface, you now have physical buttons. So we really also aim it at that group. And to be completely honest with you, that's not how we once started. So once we started, we really thought it would be Braille keyboard for Braille users. But we kind of learned over time that this is something that you can learn really fast. So everyone, for example, that comes into our team, into our company, they first have to learn to work with the Hable One, uh, sided or non-sided. And most of them didn't have any Braille knowledge. But in a few hours, you get the complete basics and you can already type. And it just takes a few more days to have a decent speed. Now, the simplicity of it that you talk about is down to that design, the, the, the lack of a multitude of buttons to learn. It, it is quite a simple device to learn. Um, I want to talk a bit about that in a second, but I'd like to maybe kick off by talking about that design of the keyboard, the way that you're meant to hold it, because it, it, took, it took me a bit of time to get used to when I started it. I was thinking, this is a bit odd, because essentially you have to hold it on your chest, and then you, you're holding, and you, you press the buttons, and it, it actually, once you start using it, it all makes sense. But how did that design idea come about? Because, you know, let's be honest, some of the other designs of these of equivalents that might be out there today are generally meant to be on the desk. Their, their keyboard layout is uh, yeah. horizontal, not <laughs> vertical. How did that design come about? Yes, actually, this design, it, it kind of started as an accident. So um, when we started off building the, the product, it was a keyboard that you would kind of put on the back of your phone. So it would be on the back of an iPhone or Android phone, and it would be there just for typing. So when you imagine it like that, it's understandable why you have to press the keys towards yourself and why you hold it in this weird way. But as we were developing and we were testing it with more users, we've all of them told us, well, it's nice, but I want to control my entire phone. And now my phone is super thick with this uh, with this keyboard on the back. So can you not make it a standalone device, which, which I can control and type? So based on that user feedback, we decided, okay, let's make it a standalone device that can control your entire phone. And from there, we sticked with the current design of having to type towards yourself and holding it in the air. And the reason is it makes you much more mobile. So you don't need a stand or a desk when you're using it. You can truly use it wherever you are, standing up, sitting down, it doesn't really matter. So by accident, we found this design, but it works really well because of kind of accessibility wherever you are. And that's actually part of the fun of this because a lot of people <laughs> who use this are on the move. They are wanting to use this out and about. Yeah. And the idea of having somewhere to sit it down is, is often tricky. I mean, if you're on a train or a bus, you might not have a table in front of you. The idea is you don't need a table because you've got a table. You can use that. <laughs> exactly. That's a perfect line. We should use that. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> but that's it, that's isn't it? It's, it's about that simplicity. Yeah. That's really what it's about. It's, it should be really simple wherever you are just to navigate your phone, type messages. Uh, that's really the goal of, of, of the product. Yeah. I can tell you like that line. You're going to use that. I can feel that is going to be used at some point. <laughs> oh, for sure. I'm writing this down. I, I really like it. How do we not come up with this? Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. Well, it, it says it, doesn't it? But, um, but that's the thing about it. I, I just, I love spending time with it because what's well, a really interesting device to, to try out. It, again, the simplicity of a build quality is good as well. How did you, did you get feedback on that? The best way to build this so that you could get a solid device, but, you know, equally light and easy to use? Yeah, so we uh, we are quite a young team. So we are uh, actually a bunch of people that, uh, after uh, completing masters in university, really started to full time working on this. Uh, and with our team, we have a lot of knowledge on on design, and we do have a lot of knowledge on working with people with blindness. We have some people with a visual impairment in our team, but we lacked kind of the knowledge on really going from that final prototype stage to a really solid product uh, in the market. So. 
for that we partnered up with a with a company called Page. It's a really large company in the Netherlands, uh, and they helped us with that final stage of making sure, okay, we, you have now have a good product. Let's make it to a great, durable product and really focus on the ergonomics, build quality. It lasts for a long time because it's something people use multiple hours a day. So we really put a lot of focus and effort into that together with our partner to make sure it's yeah it's a durable device that you can use for a long time, uh, and and that was really the focus with them. Yeah, this is built for smartphones iOS, Android phones, you can use it. That's great. Any plans to do a device that can work with computers? Yes. So uh, it's a question we get more often. And currently, we support typing on computers. So just for typing, you could use it, but that's very limited. So we are working on a navigation on on uh, both Windows and Mac. Uh, we're, we're still... I, I cannot say which kind of screen readers work with at this point, but we're, we're developing that. And that's also... The great fun, actually. So the product that's out there right now supports smartphones and tablets, but we're still working on a lot of added functions in the future. So we can remotely do software updates and things like uh, working with a PC or uh, fast device switching. All these things will still be built in the future. Um, so, yeah, PC is, is on the roadmap. I cannot tell you when it's finished, though. Can you tell us, will that be on the same device or are you looking at something new to do that? No, that's on the same device. So from your Hable One, you will be able to just switch between your phone, your tablet, your PC, and it should work on uh, everything, yeah. That's amazing. Um, now, in terms of uh, Braille itself, one of the, the, the costly sides, because often when we talk about Braille, we come down to the subject of cost. And yes. one of the ways you can minimize that cost, of course, is to take the display part out, because that's the bit, really, I guess, that costs the most amount of money. Is that something you're looking into? Is that something you're interested in? Or do you feel at this stage that, the way you're doing it with essentially Braille input and audio output as a, as a response is, is good enough. Yeah, so currently we really focus on, on the part of just Braille input and audio output. We we kind of tested with talking to a lot of people and asked them, okay, so for which situations do you use the, the Braille output? Um, because indeed, as you said, it would really drive up the costs. And especially when we are also focusing on people who are not necessarily that familiar with Braille, reading Braille is, is much more difficult to learn than just typing Braille. Um, so for those reasons, right now we really have to focus on, on the Hey One as it is, so just input and not output in Braille. But I can imagine uh, as, as we grow and in the future that it's something we'll, we'll look into again because it does increase accessibility for, uh, for a select group to also have Braille output. But I, I definitely think it would be a few years down the line uh, before such a product would be out there. And in terms of the future plan, I mean, the device you have in some ways is kind of perfect as it is, right? Because, you know, it does all these great things. And of course, it adapts with the technology it's connecting to. So your device doesn't need an update all the time uh, because of because of that simple uh, reality that the technology itself is connecting to is doing the updates. Uh, do you have to work with partners at Apple, at Google to make sure the Hable One continues to work? Is that, is, is that a relationship that you have to kind of keep on the, on the go all the time? So actually, the Hable One by the phone is recognized as a regular keyboard. So it's not recognized as a Braille device, but as a keyboard. So it kind of allows us to build our own custom mapping. And we also have our own complete custom software to interact with the phone. So we kind of, as long as we follow uh, standards from, from regular keyboards, we can put in everything based on, we make our own sequences, not to get too technical, but... Uh, because of that, we have a lot of freedom also how we can build certain things. So we can do our own mapping. We can do our own uh, simple navigation that we like. Um, and we we do work together in certain groups that we know kind of what updates would be coming from Apple or, or Android. And so we're always up to date. And from our side, we yeah, we need to make sure we, we stay updated. Uh, but that's relatively simple with uh, by us using the regular keyboard inputs. That's so smart. Um, and in terms of that, because I guess one of the things you might get asked about is customization. Is there any customization yes. opportunity in it? Because everyone loves to customize you know, key commands and controls. Is that something you can do or could do potentially with this? So it's something we could do. Yeah, it's it's not there right now um, because it's really at a, at a later stage. But I, I, I don't want to paint a picture too much because it's something we would work towards. Uh, but it might take a while. But in the end, yes, people can actually fully customize certain commands. It would be relatively simple. So we're building a Hable app right now from which you can like do a software updates over the app, but also a lot of support material. And in the future, yes, it would be possible to fully customize your own input. So let's say you want to uh, open it, your, mess in, uh, your message app, which is located at the bottom right uh, on a shortcut. You can just build that. So you can let, uh, kind of give the input to the Hable one. So by holding just one dot, for you, it would open your message app right away. That's something uh, in the future we can work towards. 
Uh, listen, it's been absolutely fantastic having you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing the news about Hable One. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was really fun. And many thanks to Freke for coming on and telling us all about the Hable One and its origins. Now let's find out more about the product itself and how it actually works in practice. Listener John Carpenter sent us this demo. Hello. This is a review of the Hable One, which is a Bluetooth keyboard for inputting Braille. Uh, you use it with your phone, so it works with Android and it works with uh, the iPhone, which is what I use. You can use it as a normal keyboard for the Mac and PC, but it's not really what it's for, and I don't really know why you would do that. Um, but it allows you to type in Braille, and it also allows you to pretty much control the whole phone, including some things that are voiceover specific. So it works very well with that. Uh, so it comes in a lovely box with a sort of magnetic thingy, and it's, it's all very fancy. Um, Inside you have USB-C charger, you have a wrist strap, and you have some Braille instructions. And my Braille is very bad. It's basically just a bit of reading, and I can't really read very well. I couldn't read the instructions that came in the box. Um, my reading technique is a bit like doing a brass rubbing. It's not pretty. It doesn't work very well, um, and it hasn't been serving me very well. So I've been a little bit despondent about it, but it was good to get a chance to try this, which I've now had for a couple of weeks. So you get the device out. It's uh, I've got an iPhone 13 big. And it's a lot smaller than that. It's probably about the size of my numeric keypad, maybe an iPhone small. Um, it's a little bit chunky. It's sort of, well, obviously it's tactile because it's, it's got these nice big buttons on it. Um, maybe a little bit of a retro design, but it's, I think it that's probably a good thing. It's got six main buttons, which are laid out like a braille cell. So it's got, it's a two by three grid, basically, which is where you put your fingers. So they're obviously buttons one to six. You hold the buttons away from you. So it's got the flat bit pointing towards you, the buttons away from you, and the power button, which is at the top, uh, facing the ceiling. Uh, so to the left of the six buttons, you've got another button, which is a bigger button, called button seven. And then on the right, you've got the same sort of thing, button eight, um, next to, to, to the right side of the six buttons. So you can do pretty much anything you want with it to control the phone. Um, setting it up is really, really easy. As long as it's got some power, all you do is you turn it on, you go to your iPhone, you go to settings, go to Bluetooth. It appears there as Hable One. You select it and that's it. You don't need the app. Uh, in fact, I haven't even installed the app. Um, I tried to find it, but I was spelling Hable wrong. Um, you've got to remember it's Hable like table, not like the Tower of Babel. H-A-B-L-E, uh, and then you find it. But by that stage, I didn't really need it. It's only for firmware updates right now, but I'm guessing they'll add things to it later. So if turn it on. Passcode field. Enter passcode. Okay, so it vibrated three times. I don't know if you can hear that. That indicates the battery level you've got. All the feedback that the Hable gives you is with vibration. You don't get anything else because it hasn't got a speaker in it. But yeah, if it, if, it, if it vibrates three times, your battery's pretty much full. Twice, it's half full, I guess. And once, you probably need to charge it. So first thing I was going to demonstrate is using the lock screen on my iPhone. So my, my phone's locked. Passcode field. Enter passcode. Passcode one. So I can move around the phone, kind of like doing swipes. So if I hold down the big button on the left, the seven button, and then I tap eight. Two, three, four. So it's moving forwards. And then I can do it the other way around, hold down eight and press seven. Three, two, one. And then if I want to tap something, I press the two together. Uh, if I want to delete the number, I just press seven. Zero of six values entered. But the other way you can do it, which is which is much better, and I've only just learned this, so I'll probably mess it up in the demo, is you can go into, um, you can put the number indicator in and then type it in in Braille, which is really nice. Um, so if I press the number indicator, so that's buttons, what, three, four, uh, three, four, five, and six. So just tap it once quickly and it'll vibrate. And now I'm in number mode. So uh, I'll put in my, um, my code, if I can remember what it is. Passcode field, enter passcode. Okay, I think that's on it. Home. There we go. So now I'm in the home screen. I can move between the the apps as I did just now. So hold down seven and tap eight. Calendar photos, camera, fourteen forty eight. If I want to change pages, uh, I can press buttons. Well, it's basically O, so it's buttons one, three, and five, and I can hold hold it down for a little bit. Fourteen forty nine. 
Um, one thing to bear in mind is that you need, I think it's quick nav to be enabled for that to work because it didn't work for me to start with and I had to turn quick nav on and I can't remember what the button press is for that, but it's, it, it's in the manual. Um, and I think it's just a normal iPhone thing. Uh, right, so if I just... tap to open. Shut up. Uh, if I hold down button one, by the way, it does shut it up, but I always forget to do that. So hold down um, O. Page two of five. And it's now gone to Files. page two. Page three of five. This is Anfield advert free. There we go. And then I can basically to open. Sure. I can then basically do the opposite to go back. So that's buttons two, uh, four and six. Page two of five. Load up home. Page one of five. So time. The buttons are kind of like an arrow, the the, the shape when you move um, between them. So it's, it's quite intuitive. Uh, you can also go up and down in a similar way. So you hold down button um was it one four, five, and six, or button three, four, five, and six, which kind of make a sort of an arrow shape. So that, that makes sense to go up and down as well. So you've also got loads and loads of shortcuts, and quite a lot of them make sense. Um, so, for example, if I want to go to the notifications, I can do an N. So that's buttons one, three, uh, four, and five, I think. Notifications. There we go. Heading clear. Noted. Google grouped 24 minutes ago. Bournemouth 10 Liverpool. Oh, and I don't hear about that. See stats, news, uh, and more. Attachment button. I can go back by pressing uh, buttons one and two together. So that's B, basically, in Braille. FaceTime. So that's gone back to the home Double screen. Tap to open. I can go back to home if, I'm, if I wasn't already in home by holding down H. So that's one, two, and five. Home. So you've got to hold it down long enough, and then it, and then it vibrates to let you know that it's done it. And there are plenty of other things you can do. You can hold down S for the status bar. You can hold down I to go to item chooser, F for find, all sorts of things like that. Uh, app switch is quite useful, obviously. So you can hold. Music. You can hold down Double buttons. To open. Sure. You can hold down buttons two and three to do that. App switcher. Notes. And then active. And then cycle through. Safari. This is Anfield. Safari notes active. And again, I can swipe up with three. Press B, hold down B to get rid of that. Double tap to open. Um, other things that are quite useful are going to the top and bottom of the screen. So I use that all the time. So if you want to go to the top, you hold down buttons one, two, and three. FaceTime. Oh, I, I was already there. And if I hold down buttons four, five, and six on the other side, it'll go to the bottom. Doc. Mail. No unread emails. Uh, so Double again, tap to open. FaceTime. So let's go back to the top. Double tap. Right. And hold down one to shut it up. Um, so yeah, there, there are loads and loads of shortcuts. It's, it's a little bit overwhelming at first if you look at the manual because there are just so many, but actually it's, a lot of them make sense once you get used to them. So what I'll do is I'll just go to Safari quickly. App switcher. Notes. Act, Safari. Active. Okay. Swipe up with... So yeah, I'm still using um, button, the big button 7 and 8 to go between the apps. If you use the split tap, then the... Pressing them together can be a bit weird because you need to remember to take your both fingers off first and then tap them together. You can't just hold one down and do the other one, which is kind of obvious, but it's just a bit instinctive. It takes a little while. This is Anfield so, Safari. Okay, so press them both together. Safari. Safari. Favourites. Okay, so here I am. Uh, if I press... Toolbar. Tabs. Button. So four, five, and six took Double me down to the toolbar. For more tab options. Share bookmarks. Share. Dip forward, back, dip microphone, address, Raspberry Pi, app right. center, button, and some Apple this, so button. As kind of per normal with Apple things, sometimes the focus is a bit weird. Like I go forward and then go backwards, and it doesn't quite take me to where I just came from. So let me just do that again. Toolbar, check, check, forward, back, microphone, but address, search or enter website. Right, so now, now I'm in the address bar at last. Tap to edit. Actions available. So tap the address bar. Address. Text field. Is editing. Search or enter website name. Character mode. Right, shall I be? So possibly because I was just entering in my um, my passcode before, I might still be in number mode. So I'm going to just tap buttons five and six to go back to, I think that's grade one indicator, but to go back to putting letters in. Uh, I should say you are supposed to be able to do grade two with this, but I don't know. That seems like uh, witchcraft to me. I have no idea how to do Screened any of that. In. So let's just type something in. Um, D. This O U B L 
E space. Done. So, so typing normally and then press the right one for space and sorry the right big button so that's button eight for space and the right big the left big button seven to go back uh, back space space so that's just me deleting the space and putting it back in space. again uh, no. T A P and then I hold down uh, sorry I don't hold down I, you tap button one and eight to do an enter screenshot Google Google so that's now done a search banner landmark okay so chill out. So you can use the rotor with this thing, which is really cool. So if you hold down button seven and then press buttons five and six, so you tap them while holding down seven. Characters, words, lines, text selection. So that's skipping through the rotor. Swipe to expand selection. Swipe left to shrink it. And similarly, quite a lot of the things on Hable, if you do the reverse action, it will go the other way. So if I hold down buttons five, six and tap seven, it'll do the rotor the other way. Lines, words, characters, actions, more content, edit, buttons, form control, links, headings. Oh, right, that's Zero headings. Apparently the no headings. How are the no headings? One new li- Google account. Main menu. Google. Okay. Button. Link end. Search. Okay, so now if I want to actually skip by headings, I'm going to hold down buttons uh, seven and tap button six. Search modes. Heading, search results, web results, double tap, heading level three, Zombieland, double, related questions, heading level... So I'm not quite sure why Zombieland is immediately under double tap if I search for double tap, but I guess Google knows something I don't. Uh, So that's holding down button seven and tapping button six to go through them, and similarly I can do it the other way around. I can hold down button six and tap button seven to go the other way up. Zombieland, double tap, web results... Heading level two. So it's pretty intuitive. Again, it's just, just a matter of getting used to all the keyboard shortcuts you have to remember, but there aren't, there aren't that many, really, just to make quite good progress. Um, I found after using this for about maybe an hour or two, I was feeling fairly confident with the basics, and half of that time I was just holding the device the wrong way around anyway and upside down and whatever, so that confused me for a little bit. But once I was holding it the right way, it was pretty easy. So just one more thing. App switcher Safari notes active. So go back to, to notes. And uh, just I'll just type in something very briefly. Um, well, I say very briefly with my typing, it'll probably take hours. Cap H, comma, comma, cap H, cap H, A, I, L, space, hail, T, O, space, two, T, H, E, space, the, P, O, T, space, pot. P L A N T. Okay, so that's just me typing some some rubbish in. Um, Space. So you, it's got various other things in in it. Um, so you can select text and move around. So if if I hold down button four uh, and tap seven. Space. False. T N A L. So I, I'm moving. Lima. Moving the cursor. Left, and if I hold down button seven and tap uh, four, it'll go the other way. A N T full stop. There are various com- um, commands to select text. I can't quite remember what they all are, but the one that selects all, which is quite useful, is this: if you hold down the bottom four buttons, so that's buttons uh, two, three, five, and six. So hold that down for a little bit until it vibrates. Hail to the pot plant. Selected. Right, so that's selected. And then copy and paste is, re- is really intuitive. It's, you, you do C for copy and V for paste, as you'd expect. So C is the top two, so button uh, one and four. Hail to the pot plant. Copied. So that's copied that. So if I just press um, button seven to delete it. Selection deleted. Hail to the pot plant. Okay, so that's deleted it. And then if I want to put it back in, I just do V, hold that down. Comma, plant, full stop. Note, text field is editing. Hail to the pot plant. Insertion point at end. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a really really nice little device. It's very very light. It's very portable. So I think the best probably use case for it is when you're out and about a lot. You put your phone in your pocket. You don't want to take it out in public because none of us do. I don't think. I'm always frightened of either dropping it or it getting stolen or or whatever. So keep that nice in your pocket. Um, put some Bluetooth headphones in. That's perfect. Yeah, you can do pretty much anything at all you want with it. So I I, I like it a lot. I'd say that probably 
Only two problems with it. First of all, whenever I use the Hable, I get the Monty Python Knights of the Round Table song in my head, which is really irritating, but I can't blame the device on that. And then the other one is the fact that it's like £289 or something, which is quite a lot of money just for a keyboard. But it's a, it's a really nice thing. I, th- I think if you're out, out and about a lot, it would be really good. Uh, as I try never to leave the house, it's less useful for me. But what I like about it is I'm using Braille to do it. And it felt really easy. And suddenly I realised, although I've been reading about, you know, try, trying to learn how to read Braille for ages, I wasn't picking it up. But actually all of the shapes had stuck in my head and I kind of knew um, knew what they were and could immediately start typing them in, even though I've got fairly fat fingers and keep making a mistake. The other thing I like about it is my, my typing on a QWERTY keyboard is really erratic because although I, I sort of know how to type, touch type, I, I don't do it very well and my hands fly all over the place when I type. It's basically about 40 years of bad habits that I'm struggling to break now I can't see the keys. But with this, you don't really move your keys much because they just stay in place and you're never likely to accidentally find your hands in the wrong place. So I quite like that about it. So yeah, it's really good. Definitely worth a try. That's it. Thank you. Bye. And there you go. That was John Carpenter. Thank you so much, John, for sending that demo in to us. You can send, of course, demos in for products and apps as well. We'd love to hear them. You can uh, record them on your smartphone, send them to feedback at doubletaponair.com or you can call us and just tell us about your experiences. one 877 The Hable One is incidentally on the CNIB Smart Life Centre website. You can get that uh, for $349 there, Canadian. So there you go. And of course, there'll be possibly discounts and stuff at different fairs and stuff around the, the world at different points. So keep an eye out for that. Keep an ear out for that. We'll give you all the information here on Double Tap. That's it for today. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. And uh, we'll get into more on Double Tap tomorrow with me and Sean. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-tv every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.